As I was praying to the Lord about what I should speak about this morning, and he gave me the title of uh, the subject that he wants me to speak about, I thought of an experience I had a couple years ago when I spoke at a wedding. I've spoken and preached and did a lot of wedding ceremonies, but this one ceremony three, four years ago, a young man from our church got married. I said, Lord, man, I've, I've preached about weddings and marriage and every, from every direction that I know and I feel kind of like, what can I say this morning that is fresh and new? Now, I'm not uh, saying that you always have to say something new, but the Word of God needs to be fresh and new and minister uh, to the people and it needs to be anointed. If there's ever a need... In the church today, it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit when we sing, testify, preach, whatever we do. (laughs) So I kind of got to the wedding ceremony, and uh, just a few minutes before I got up to preach, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Tell them what marriage is not. And uh, my, that was a different wedding. Uh, you could have heard a pin drop because the Lord gave me words to say that I had never thought before and spoken at a wedding. I dealt with all the perversions that are going on in the world and it is making its way into the so-called church. And later I found out that there was two men sitting there that we're living in the lifestyle that is totally against the scripture. And so I'm not going to speak about marriage this morning. I will next weekend. Next weekend I'm speaking at a wedding in Pennsylvania. My nephew's getting married. But I said all of that to explain where I'm coming from this morning. I want to speak about the fear of the Lord. And in speaking about the fear of the Lord, you know... I hear these popular songs that are becoming more and more popular and everybody's singing them. And so when you speak about fear, there's always kind of a negative uh, attitude towards fear. Now, the fear of the Lord is not negative. It's very, very positive, which I want to prove to you by the scripture. But before I speak about the fear of the Lord, I want to show you what fear is not. The fear of the Lord is not. There is a natural fear that is not really the fear of the Lord. A natural fear that I want to describe to you is the fear that I feel when I get up on a roller coaster. I got on one time and I uh, told my friend that had dragged me on there, I said, if I die, you're going to have to preach at my funeral. And uh, I vowed I would never, ever get on a roller coaster again. I have a rental company in Pennsylvania, and we have man lifts, and our highest one goes 85 feet. Let me tell you, I've never gone up 85 feet. That's a natural fear. That's not the fear of the Lord, and that's a healthy fear. Children uh, that run into danger are children that don't have any fear. I had a little son, my second son that lives in Florida. When he was young, he was a little bit that way. My, We had to watch over him because he was just liable to get into trouble because he had no healthy 
fear of danger. And he was, then later as a teenager, he gave us a couple gray hairs too. But that's a natural fear that is important for us to have. The second fear that I want to speak about that is not the fear of the Lord is the fear that the Bible speaks about God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. That's a demonic fear. And a demonic fear will always have torment. A demonic fear will control you. A demonic fear will keep you from being obedient to the Lord or to his word. That's not the fear of the Lord. And that's something that you can be delivered from. It's like claustrophobia. If you have this phobia of something that uh, I've heard of people that have fear of getting into an elevator. That's not a healthy fear if you have a phobia. Uh, and, uh, and you are controlled and gripped and it in perhaps in the middle of the night. And many little children, uh, I've seen this in my years of shepherding and ministering, that little children many times deal with fear and perhaps at some traumatic experience that they had in their, their childhood, a spirit of fear enters into them and they are controlled by fear. And parents, you must be wise and, and anointed to, and to know that God has given you the authority and has given you the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with these kind of things. A young man at our church here some years ago told me the story of how one night uh, his son had a horrible attack of fear. And it was one of those events where God really met him in a wonderful way. And he was baptized in the Holy Spirit that night. And then he dealt with that fear. And I thought, isn't God amazing? Nobody had to preach to him. Nobody laid their hands on him. But sisters, mothers, you know, you might think, well, sure, the preacher, he needs to be anointed of the Holy Spirit when he preaches. But mothers, you need the anointing so that you have authority over those fears when those little children of yours. And you can ask of God and he'll give you the anointing of the Holy Spirit and he'll give you spiritual authority. And you can deal with it. You don't always have to run to the preacher. I'm, I'm fine with helping when I can, absolutely. But God has given the Holy Spirit to the church so that we can deal with these issues. The third kind of fear that I want to speak about that is not the fear of the Lord is what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the fear of man brings a snare. All of those, the fear of demonic fear and the fear of man, those two things that you want to remember about them, they will control your life. They will bring torment into your life. Actually, three things. And they will keep you from obeying the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord is much different. The fear of the Lord is... I want to want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. If you have your Bible with you, turn to the book of Isaiah and go to chapter 11. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, 
nor make a decision by what his ears hear. This is a prophetic word about Jesus and about the condition of Jesus and how he is going to be. The Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet received a prophecy or a revelation of what was going to be in Christ. It was the spirit of the Lord. It was, and it included the fear of the Lord. And I'll be honest with you that I see a tremendous need in the church today of a healthy fear of the Lord. Because I see so much disobedience to the scriptures in so many places and so many churches and so much lack for reverence. That'll make you quiet. Recently I was preaching at a church and a sister told me afterwards, she said, Pastor, I almost couldn't hear what you had to say because there was chaos behind me. And she said, do you not think that parents should teach their children to be silent in church? I said, oh, absolutely. And, you know, and sisters, you can just relax because I know that one-year-olds, two-year-olds, and three-year-olds find it difficult to be in church for long. But what really disturbs me is when I see people that are mature and when the word of God is being preached, they're disrespectful, they're irreverent, they are goofing off and whispering and distracting those around you. I believe it's a tool of the devil. And there's no fear of the Lord. I saw that yesterday here. Now, I didn't come to make friends with anyone, but I've come to tell you the truth. And I was really grieved in my spirit when my brother was speaking the word. I didn't notice it so much when I was preaching, but I was sitting in the back and I saw some absolute irreverence. And I said, someone has no fear and reverence of the Lord. And I thought, I wonder if President Trump, that many people idolize so much, or now Biden, maybe some of you idolize him. If he would come to speak, would you be doing that? The Lord was speaking. And I will tell you, I was deeply grieved in my spirit. And I'll tell you something else. Children are the ones that don't behave in church. Anyone that has a, a, is grown up in the Lord needs to learn reverence and the fear of the Lord. Let me show what the Bible says in another scripture about Jesus. This is talking about Jesus. Go to the book of Revelations. book of Revelations, the Bible speaks about the seven spirits of God, and I don't believe that there's seven Holy Spirits. I believe there's seven manifestations or seven representations of the same spirit in Revelation. Before we go there, I want to just read something in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. This is something that gripped me when I read it this morning again. It says, In the days of his flesh, speaking about Jesus, he offered up both prayers and supplication with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his piety. 
Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Now, I'm going to read verse 7 again, and I'm going to give you the Spanish translation. I will read it to you in English, but this is what it says in Spanish. In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent fear. The fear of the Lord is reverence. The fear of the Lord is produces obedience to what the word says. The fear of the Lord brings obedience to the principles of Christ and to the principles of the Bible. And you show me a place, a home, a life, a youth group, a church, or a nation that loses the fear of the Lord. I will show you a church, a nation, a people that will go into sexual immorality. In fact, if you read in the book of Genesis, the first place where the Bible says that there was no fear of the Lord there, there was sexual perversion in that place. Look it up. When Abraham was... uh, in, uh, I think it was in Gerar or somewhere where Abimelech, the king, he said he wanted Abraham's wife and Abraham lied and he said, she's my sister. And the reason he did is because I said, there's no fear of the Lord in this place. And you show me a place that is filled with sexual perversion and disobedience to the scripture. I'll show you a place where there's no fear of the Lord, no reverence for his word, no obedience and all kinds of lawlessness. And my dear brothers and sisters, that describes religiosity and Christianity today. But where there's a fear and obedience of the Lord, where there's a reverence for Jesus, where when the Word of God is preached, there's reverence and silence. And I'm not talking about little children, and I want you mothers to just relax. I'm talking to young folks, and I'm talking to parents, and I'm talking to people that have professed to have the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, but there's one ingredient missing in your life. You need a healthy dose of reverence for God and His Word and obedience to what His Word says. Listen, my brothers and sisters, I didn't come to give you an easy word, but to give you a word that will bring you to righteousness and to holiness. God is a holy God, and He requires of us holiness. The Bible says that without holiness, no one will see, will see the Lord. Fear of the Lord is what made Jesus into the man that he was. Jesus was the most obedient man that you'll ever find on the earth. In scriptures, what I see about Jesus, even after he was in the temple at 12 years old, when he was speaking to the doctors and lawyers, and he was so consumed with the zeal for the Lord in his heart and his life, and the Bible says, and I'm sure he felt empowered, and I'm sure he felt anointed. I'm sure he felt this is what God has called me to do. And even told his mother, didn't you know that I must be doing the father's business? But the Bible says, howbeit he went home with his mother Mary and Joseph to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. And it says he grew in favor and wisdom and stature because he was obedient to The Father's will. And what was the Father's will? The Father's will was for him to sit there and obey Mary and Joseph, the imperfect couple, because he was, the Father was teaching him obedience. And out of that obedience came an anointing that was unlike ever any other anointing. 
And listen, there's a false anointing that is going through the land today that doesn't teach you these things. It doesn't teach you the fear of God. It doesn't teach you obedience. It gives you the law to do what you want, to live with who you want. The, one of the biggest problems in the church today, some pastors are saying, our kids don't want to get married anymore. They just want to live together. And it's a disastrous proof that there's no fear of the Lord. I'm just proclaiming this, my brothers and sisters, and telling you where the church will go when there's no fear of God and no fear for His Word, the healthy kind of fear, the kind of fear that makes you obedient. And the other thing that the fear of the Lord will do is it will bring you peace. There's no torment in being obedient to the Word. There's no shame in being obedient to God's principles in His Word. There's joy. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 9, that because Jesus loved righteousness and he hated iniquity, therefore he had an anointing on his life above anybody else of his surroundings. Why? Because he was a man that loved righteousness. He loved obedience. He loved his Father's will. The Bible says that he delighted to do his Father's will. And listen, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was one of my main subjects this week. The being and leading people to the fullness of the Holy Spirit has been my passion through my life. But I'll be honest with you, I'm seeing a counterfeit that is dangerous because it is sadly lacking in that holy reverence that I see when I study the life of Jesus. You can make anyone else your idol and your model, and you will probably go astray. But when you make Jesus the pattern of your life, listen, my dear young folks, no man on this earth should ever take the place that is only reserved in your heart for Jesus Christ. You may not follow me because I can preach, You may not follow your pastors because they're good men. They're going to fail you sometimes. Jesus is the perfect example. And there's a place in your heart that is meant for Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ alone. And don't you ever give that place to anyone else. And if you fear the Lord, you will not need to fear anyone else. If you fear God with all of your heart, and I'm talking about a healthy kind of fear. I'm not talking about the spooky, scared type of stuff or the demonic or the fear of man that will keep you from being obedient. I'm talking about a healthy, reverent fear and an honor for His Word. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah also, to this man or woman, will I look? What is it? who's humble and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. I believe what he's referring to there, he has reverence. When the word says something, I believe it. I told the young folks, for those of you that weren't here through the week, I heard of a preacher, he said he believes the word of God all the way from Genesis to the maps. In other words, there's no part of the word of God that he doesn't believe in. And uh, I'm going to say it again. My good friend, Zach Poonen, said years ago that before he dies and 
goes, goes to his reward. He wants to be obedient to every commandment in the scripture. And he wants to walk in every promise. But how are you going to walk in a promise? Or obey a commandment if you don't know the word. I've been speaking to the young folks and I've been telling them, get off of YouTube, get into the Word. Get off of Facebook, get into the Word. Get off of Snapchat, get into the Word. You know, even me as a, an adult, some years ago I got onto Facebook because I wanted to see what my kids were looking at. But there was a time when the Lord said, chuck it. I cut the TV cable, I cut communications that I felt were shaping the way I think. And I fasted for a while of social media and stuff like that. And it lost its grip. And I want to bless the brother that talked about the video games. I hear that very seldom. But bless you, brother. That's, that's a proof that the Lord is at work. When something controls you other than God's Word, His Holy Spirit, when something propels you, when there's this lawless spirit that wants to make you look like the world, act like the world, smell like the world. Years ago, we used to say, if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, and it walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Amen? So if you look like the world, you smell like the world, you act like the world, and you love the world, wouldn't that conclusion be that you're the world? Listen, the Bible has said that we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a set aside people set aside for what for his glory years ago when I lived in Missouri we went to this place called Eureka Springs Arkansas and we watched a show by the potter and there was this guy sitting there dressed like Bible times and he had uh, this potter's wheel and it was a big old piece of wood with a, a wheel and he would kick this wheel and it would spin the table where he had a chunk of clay on. And it was amazing, the teachings that he... If you ever get the chance to go there and see it, it's an interesting thing to watch. And he spoke about what God wants to do with our lives is to make us a vessel for his glory. And he had all kinds of vessels that he had made because he was a, a very talented potter. Some of you might have gone there. But the one thing that impressed me so much, you know, he had pitchers and pots and flower pots and all kinds of vessels that he had created with, with his expert hands, with, with the mud and the right mixture of water. And then he gave the illustration how that there's times when he'll shape something and it won't turn out right. And then he'll just take the chunk of clay and he'll just throw it up against the wall and break it all to pieces. And then he'll start all over again. And he was speaking the word and he was teaching us what certain scriptures were referring to 
And one that amazed me is he said, I thank God that he dug me out of the miry clay. He said he took a piece of dirty clay and he dug me out of the dunghill. And he put my feet on the rock. He said, that's the wheel. The rock he's speaking about is the wheel of shaping. And he started making me. And so this potter was saying there's all kinds of, all kinds of, earthen vessel that he made. But he had this little ugly, sloppy, verspritzt little vessel right beside him. It was all, all the different colors of pottery he had made was all slopped over it. But he would dip his hand into the water. It was the little vessel that he had water in to keep his hands wet as he was working with the clay to make these pots into something that he could sell or that he could give to his friends. And he said something. The most useful of my vessels is this little, the ugliest one there. He said, I use it every day. That little vessel was set apart. It didn't look that nice on the outside, but it was useful. What am I telling you? Listen. God wants to shape your life into a vessel for His glory. You might never be flashy. You might never go far that the world calls far. But if you're in the will of God and if you walk in the fear of the Lord and if you walk in the reverence of His will and you can say with all of your heart that it is my passion to to do the will of my Father, you're a useful vessel. You might never get to preach to thousands. You might never... Get to singing in the worship team. You might never get the honor. You might be an usher or you might just sit on the bench. But I'll tell you something. If you have the Holy Spirit in your life and if you have the anointing of Jesus, you will do things for Jesus Christ. And again, I want to repeat that quote that my brother shared. God is more concerned about what he's doing on the inside of you than what he's doing through you. It is always that way, that God is doing a work in you and I. And the fear of the Lord and obedience to the Scripture will make you into a vessel of honor and blessing and glory. Young folks, my dear young folks, please remember this. In fact, uh, just remember that God has chosen you with a special calling, each one of you. And no one else, nobody beside you, can fulfill what each one of you has been called to fulfill. Satan will try to distract you. Satan will try to railroad you aside. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and you have this healthy fear of the Lord in your heart and this reverence and obedience of wanting to do His will and His will alone, God will use you. You might look sloppy sometimes to the outward appearance of men but you'll be useful because God wants to use you you know I was standing back here before I before the meeting started and a young man that I had never met before asked me a question he said what do you see when you look out over an audience of young folks like this Would you like for me to tell you what I told him? 
I think maybe I should not. But listen, it's not that important what I see. I did say one thing. I see a lot of potential. But I also see a lot of need. But let me tell you one thing. It is much more important what God sees than what I see. I see through a glass darkly and sometimes my discernment is off a little bit. But the discernment of Jesus is never off. And I want to tell you, my dear young sisters and young brothers, if you want to live a life that is useful in the kingdom of God, cultivate from your youth. You're building a foundation. This week I was speaking about having a solid foundation that will not shake when the winds and the rains and the floods come. And if you want a solid foundation of truth in your life, the fear of the Lord will be part of that. And you will fear no one else. You will not have the fear of man. You will not have the demonic fear. But you'll have a healthy, reverent fear of God and a respect for His Word. There's a, there's a churches where I've preached in already that every time you read the Word of God, they stand up. They say, we believe that it's important to have a reverence when God's Word is spoken. I don't think, my dear brothers and sisters, that when Jesus went to the temple or went to the synagogue and he was reading out of the scrolls, I believe there was a reverence in Jesus Christ as he unrolled the scroll that he knew that his Holy Spirit had written You want to tell me I'm spirit-filled and I have gifts of the Holy Spirit? Listen, then you must obey and fear His Word and honor His Word. There was a young sister that we had a good conversation with yesterday and she was telling her experiences with God and with the Holy Spirit. And I just said, bless you, sister. Prove to those around you with godly living, that this gospel that you believe in is true. Because you just might, now I'm speaking to all of you, you just might to be, be the only Bible that the ones around you will ever read. What kind of Bible are they reading? Is it your version? Or is it maybe the reversed version? Or is it a description of Jesus Christ? The greatest thing that God has called you to do is not heal the sick, cast out devils, preach the gospel, and all of that. He has given you a body for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. And He wants you to live for His glory. And to be just like Jesus was in this world. An example of righteousness, obedience. And Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. I'm wondering, what are you and I walking in? I think I'm going to stop there. But young folks, it's been a wonderful opportunity and blessing to be here.
I see some of you have shared some amazing, even this morning, some amazing testimonies. I would have been happy to just sit there and listen and hear what God's doing in your life. That's beautiful. But there's some of you, I tell you this lovingly, that need to get a hold of truth. You need to get a hold of what the truth really is. Would you just bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would minister this truth. And someone would take your word and would live by it. Lord, if only a few of these young folks have built a deep and a solid foundation, a deeper foundation in their life for this week it's a blessing Lord I pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to speak and lead them thank you Lord for the example of Jesus and his obedience I pray this in Jesus name Amen